What's right with Sam and Ash? It's coming at you fast. Here we go. Uh, friends, uh, great to be here. News Talk 840KXNT Wednesday. It's beautiful outside. It's warm here in Las Vegas. The NFL draft is gearing up. I understand it's going to start tomorrow. Uh, somebody today at lunch asked me, uh, a gal, I was over at, uh, where was I? Oh, Latai on Fremont Street. A great meal and uh, talking to uh, a gal there that I know and and um, and 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 basically asking for advice on what to do. I said, look, don't go to the strip. If you're gonna do anything anything fun this weekend, avoid the strip. It's gonna be a zoo. But I'm seeing all the TV screens, all the news reports, with these views of the Bellagio fountains with the stage set up there, and I'm I'm excited because of course it's a lot of people coming into town spending money and feeding our local economy. So two thumbs up on that. Just avoid the traffic. Be aware of the streets around that are closed uh, because that could very quickly make your life extremely, extremely miserable. Now, speaking of miserable lives, friends, if you thought it was the, uh, the week of long faces over at Twitter and only at Twitter, you'd be mistaken because there are some very long, sad faces over at Amazon as well. Don't know if you're familiar with the Daily Wire host, Matt Walsh, but he is in the children's book business now. Johnny the Walrus is a book uh, that he put out, let's see, sometime a month ago. Came out about a month ago on the 29th of March. And what we have in our possession now is the leaked audio from a Zoom meeting internally done over at Amazon where a number of very disappointed wokesters are lamenting the, oh, well, they're just lamenting this entire book. Let me, before we get to that, get to the audio, let me present what this book is about. It's actually brilliant because if you're a parent, there's, it's, it's very relatable. The story is about a little boy who thinks he's a walrus and you know, people give him different advice throughout the, the, the story that evolves about him, whether he ought to become a walrus permanently. Now, it is a not-so-subtle play at combating child uh, transgender issues. And the reason I say it's relatable is because I think if you have a kid or two kids or three, I have three kids, uh, you'll, you're bound to have one kid out of three that at some point of, in time think that they're something that they're not. Now, my youngest, I have to be careful about this. I'm very nice because, of course, our friends and her classmates sometimes will listen to this program. I'd be very careful. But, you know, once upon a time, she doesn't do it anymore, okay? But once upon a time when she was a bit younger, my daughter thought that she was a dog, and literally, I'm not just a dog. She's Oscar the dog. So not only was she a dog, she was a male dog. And, uh, and she would get into character. She would paint a nose on her face. She would wear dog ears. And she'd go around the house saying she was a dog. Now, at no point did my wife and I think about getting her to a doctor and transform her into a dog. 
But I digress. This is very relatable. So you got this walrus here, and this kid wants to be a walrus. He puts spoons into his mouth to simulate tusks. And that's the story. So the folks over at Amazon, number one retailer of books in the U.S., among other stuff, are talking about how this is a traumatic experience. Listen to this. And I want to be very clear. The next two are about books. And I saw someone say, oh, joy, we're going to talk about one of them because it's been it's been a very traumatic experience for transgender Amazonians and our transgender customers. Ah, it's been traumatic. It's been traumatic. Just having a book that talks about a boy who wants to become a walrus and the moral of the story is maybe he just needs to pretend he's a walrus and not actually become a walrus. Uh, it, it, got, it got worse. The meeting actually gets worse. They go on to talk about how triggering it is, and the speaker in the meeting begins to have an actual breakdown. You know, and in, 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 in this isn't a case of this is a case of someone exploiting our systems, right? Our systems aren't like they're not set up to catch. You know, they can, you know, the self-publishing authors, they can categorize their books however they want. Um, and so, um, yeah, I want to, I just, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I want to preface this, this with, I want to preface this <laughs> with, I also saw someone mention that this is really tough content and, if you're transgender, if you're gender non-binary, take, you know, and this is super triggering and this is super, it, like, it, it would, like, I would understand if you needed to leave. I would understand if you needed to leave. Uh, this is super, super triggering. Uh, and the guy's actually choking up. This is a grown, a money, money human being, right? This is a, this is an adult working for a, a, one of the biggest companies in the U.S. Uh, holding a, a work phone call. Zoom meeting, video conference, if you will, and he cannot get through the fact that this is a children's book about a boy who thinks he's a walrus. Now, I'm talking about this. This is important because you have to understand that these folks, these folks are so committed to this insane ideology. That they, that they cannot step outside of themselves and, and see it for the absurdity that it is. It's a children's book. If you disagree with it, oh, I, don't know. I mean, there are tons of books I disagree with. There are tons of books. There's books that celebrate communism, a regime that literally imprisoned my family, that destroyed what we built over generations. There are books that praise that. There are books that celebrate Nazis who destroyed my grandparents' country, invaded in 1938, and created an enormous bit of havoc for us, and that's putting things lightly. There are books that describe things that I find abhorrent. I don't run around being triggered by these books, nor do you. I don't read the book. How's that? But the fragility, right, we celebrate in today's society, we celebrate fragility. It is a, a, I don't know, a badge of honor. It used to be once upon a time that 
you know, a certain a certain honor was to to you know have a stiff upper lip, right? The British are famous for a stiff upper lip, you know, just you know, stay the course, carry on. Bombs are dropping overhead. The Blitz, the London Blitz, and people went out and about on their days, you know, in between bombing raids, did their shopping, went about their work. My grandfather, during Allied bombing of Prague, would still go to work, sometimes returning home, hoping, praying that the apartment building where my grandmother and my father and my uncle were living was intact. That is stiff upper lip. The generation of weaklings that our universities, right, have these are all kids that had the safe rooms, right? They had the they had the, you know, the 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 timeout space, the the safe spaces. These are people that are absolutely accustomed to having every emotional need of theirs met. And the consequence of it all are people that are, I mean, where else could you function? Because a lot of you, I know, I, I hear from you, you're, you're small business owners, you work at companies, you work in competitive spaces, and you listen to this and you go, I mean, this, this isn't the real world. Now, I, and I beg to differ, it is the real world. It's Amazon. It's one of the, if not the biggest employers in the, in the US. But this kind of stuff goes on. It really isn't to me a transgender issue. It's not a pronoun issue. It's not any of this. It really has to, it's a fragility issue, right? It has to do with our ability to tune out other people. Let's just for a moment assume that Matt Walsh and his book, it's the most repulsive thing you've ever seen. Sell the book and move on. You don't have to have an intercompany Zoom acknowledging everybody's hurt feelings about it. And the most important part about this is they are lamenting that their own internal systems cannot catch this and deal with it. That it's terrible that this book about a boy that wants to be a walrus somehow has made it through the labyrinth of, I guess, safeguards to allow objectionable material into the stream of commerce. This, to me, folks, all of this is, is fantastic, uh, and it's silly, and it needs to be shed light on because if we don't if we if we cannot identify we don't see this gradually our society is absolutely lost in my view okay you know what while we're on this topic there are a bunch of new pronouns i'm going to get ash in here to talk to me about this she's downstairs working but i'm going to bring her up here and i i need a quiz her on some of these new pronouns this is have you seen this list unbelievable yep there's more new pronouns what's right with sam and ash we'll be back right after this. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Welcome back. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. Here in the studio is my law partner, Ash Watkins, and she is here. Um, I think I said that twice now. Uh, welcome, welcome, Ash. Good you let me come inside. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Sam's uh, Instagram, at What's Right Sam. He posted a story today where he had me banished to the patio to work. Well, well the truth is that the climate's changing right now right, with yeah. the, you know this week it got warm it's a beautiful and, and our 
you know, our temperature in the office was kind of set to more winter temps. So all of a sudden the, uh, the AC has been kicking on super intense. Yeah. And it is freezing cold in the office. And if you guys know anything about Ashley, she does not like to be cold. Uh, her tolerance for the cold is about nil, which is why she's loving Las Vegas. So she moved a desk or a chair out <laughs> onto the patio right outside my office. We have a terrace on the second floor here overlooking the arts district. And it's um, you were you were getting some work done out there. I love it. You know, I, my office has always been kindly known as the terrarium because I like to keep it so warm. And so the <laughs> patio is a perfect place to get my writing done. I can't type if my fingers are too cold. No, Sam, I get it. You know. I, I get it. I get it. And you have you have some stuff to get out today. So you were uh, you were hard at work. Yeah. Well, I, I need to ask you about this okay. because um, you know, when I went to school uh, a long time ago, a little less long time ago than you went to school, <laughs> uh, you know, we, I, I still remember being taught grammar, and I remember having, you know, a, a, a pretty, a pretty thorough and rigorous education. Some of my teachers uh, would have been, you know, now would be described as as old fashioned, mm -hmm. and one teacher in particular, Mrs. Collignon. She was an old Scottish grammar Nazi. Uh, she would, uh, I think today, if she saw what was going on, she'd be turning in her grave. I, I what do you mean? Well, what I mean is I'm looking at these new pro, uh, pronouns that just dropped. Now, these pronouns, it's called neo-pronouns. I, I didn't even know that there was a word for all this. Neo-pronouns, meaning new pronouns, <laughs> things that are um, have been added to the English language. Now, for and it, this... Do you, do you have a list there? Yeah, let me give you an example. No, let me give you an example, okay? You have pronouns such as Lee, L-E. Lee laughed. I kissed Lim. Liss heads hurts. That is Liss. Lee feeds Limself. <laughs> now, what's not described is who would identify as Lee. Yeah, how do you pick? And by the way, do you spin a this, wheel? A wheel of pronouns? I mean, there, there have to be at least 40 new pronouns. So there's, there's who, H-U, I-R, er, Lee, I just mentioned, n, N-A, ne, N-E, per, fi, rim, si, sim, sis. Okay, we, I think, no, sis, but with an S-I-S, not a C-I-S. Shkla. That's the most complex one. Shkla. S-H-K-L-E. I always joke, you know, my native language Check doesn't require vowels. I think you know this, right? Yeah. It's a funny thing. You, That's what I was just going to say. You can have words that have no vowels in them, and it, it completely confounds English speakers because they they don't know where to go with it. This one has one single vowel at the end. S H K L E, shkla, and the example that they give is shkla laughed, or I kissed shkler or shklim. So I still feel like they're adjusting based on a male-female role there. I, and what to me, to, to me, look, I, I, <laughs> I think they are inventing ways, right? And, and let me be serious about this for a second. They are inventing ways of how to make... Who's they? <laughs> I, look, I'm not playing this game. I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going along with this. And the reason reason is, is, is to me, this is total insanity. They are inventing ways 
and inventing a special language that you are doomed eventually to mess up on and then have to prostrate yourself, apologize to the political correctness gods and beg for forgiveness. Oh my God, I misspoke. Oh, terrible. And this to me is exactly how radical ideological regimes work. They, they, they come in, they come up with an ideology, they come up with a new terminology, a new language to go with that ideology. And then, heaven forbid you run afoul of it, what happens is they, they bring you in and they wag their finger at you and they make you take a bow and apologize. The, the, it, it, there's, you know, I, I'm, t I'm telling you, I see this in resumes, right? You know, when we get, we get lawyers that, that mm -hmm. look to apply for jobs and they make grammatical mistakes, they don't know basic rules of English grammar. And these people are supposed to know all of these 300 new genders or pronouns, it's not going to happen. It's designed to trip people up. Yeah, I look, I'm looking at some of the things, some of the pronouns on this list. And if I were to have said them two years ago, I would have been insensitive, actually. Uh, one of them is he, she. That's one of the pronouns is he, she. And if I would have called someone said he, she over there, that would have been an insult and would have been very derogatory. But now someone can go in and say, no, no, that's my preferred pronoun. And someone else might interpret it as me being insulting. And I go, no, 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 that person's pro, they, that's what they want to be called. So I, I'm with you. This is, you're doomed to fail. It's not great. And what I, what I ultimately see happening is, you know, the Washington, I'm a sports fan, the Washington Redskins, they were getting canceled because of their mascot. The Redskins were allegedly insensitive to Native American culture. And so the, the Washington Redskins said, look, we're going to, we're going to go through an evaluation. We're going to change our team name. So for the next year or so, we're just going to go by the Washington football team. And before that even happened, so many announcers just stopped referring to them as the Redskins. They just called them Washington. And even when they said they're going to be the Washington football team, they just said, nope, we're just going to call them Washington. And so what I see happening is potentially the elimination of all pronouns. Rather than me try and make mental gymnastics to remember who goes by what pronoun, I'm just going to refer to everyone by their name. Well, that's the safe thing. And of course... I have um, to be. Yeah, you, 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 well, but I'm, I don't think you, if I, do you? I mean, let me just say this, right? If I said I have preferred adjectives and I want, <laughs> I want my preferred adjectives to be handsome and brilliant. I've got some preferred adjectives for uh, you. <laughs> I, well, that may be the case and, and, and I don't want to hear them. But listen. If I said I'm, I'm handsome and brilliant, and I demanded that everybody refer to me as handsome and brilliant, obviously it's, 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 uh, it's, it's ludicrous, right? Well, how is this different? How is your self-perception my responsibility? And I, okay, so you put it in your email signature, and now I'm supposed to go through and call you Shkla? It's it, it, it's well, it's absurd, and the minute that you the minute that we all begin to play this game, and I know a lot of go along get along people that don't want to offend anybody and they want to play this game. It is a descent into lunacy. I I, I know. Go go ahead. I'm Sorry. gonna say rappers do this all the time. P Diddy, 
Puff Daddy went to P Diddy, then he went to Diddy, and now he's Puffy. And he, like we, Kanye was Kanye West, then he went to Ye. Like, and a society is getting used to just adapting and learning. I, I don't know. I, well, I had a friend growing up who decided to change his name midstream, and he was in his twenties. Uh, How'd that and, go? And and we all laughed at him. We thought he was a clown. And and the thing is, is that a number of us, uh, you know, some people adopted the name, and then then others of us just kept calling him by his old name because that's how we knew him. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's just insane. I want to play a clip for you of a guy going through all of this when we come okay. back. You do not want to miss it. What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. We'll be back right after this. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash Injury Law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash Injury Law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash Injury Law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right right what's right with sam and ash coming to you loud and clear from downtown las vegas right here in the middle of the desert in studio with us is ash my partner you've seen her on the billboards uh, the bright one the smart one the good looking one I'm here just for the laughs. Ash, real quick before we get into or back to the pronoun question, I did see a news story today that they figured out what caused the Egypt air flight uh, that crashed back in 2016 en route to Egypt from Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris. What happened? Apparently, the pilot was smoking in the cockpit. That's what took down the plane? There was an oxygen mask that belonged. There was an emergency oxygen mask, and it had a loose fitting in it. So it was leaking oxygen, and it caused an explosion that ripped up the entire airplane. (gasps) What? All because the guy needed to smoke? 56 passengers, 10 crew members. One thing that is crazy to me is that Egypt Air, up until that point, allowed pilots to smoke in the cockpit. Smoking kills. Smoking will kill you. By the way, I heard a great pilot joke. What a segue. No, no, no. I really really want to share this with you. Can I? Yeah. Okay. All right. So a pilot is talking to his somebody, you know, that he's, you know, about his job. And he goes, you know, one thing about being a pilot, I really was able to conquer my biggest fear. Heights. They asked that. Heights? The guy goes, no. And you go, flying? Pilot's like, no. Well, what is it then? Guy takes a deep breath and says, the fear of dying alone. <laughs> That's for all you pilots out there. A wink, wink. Uh, bad jokes here. Oh uh, what's right with gosh. Sam and Ash? Uh, tune in two to three every weekday. All right. <laughs> I'll, stick, I'll stick to the other funny stuff. Pronouns. Yeah, this is, listen. If you had to pick one, Sam, can I ask which one you're going with? Well, obviously it's the schla. That makes sense. Uh, I want to be, I want to have the pronoun that I personally cannot pronounce. 
Uh, also, the here, which is a e H E apostrophe E R, I think that's good. Or maybe Herm. Herm. <laughs> <laughs> He's dying. <laughs> oh no, I've lost him. Herm. I've lost Herm. him. <laughs> I knew I, it. What does that even? Herm. What does that even mean? Now listen, it, here here we are laughing at it, but people are taking this absolutely seriously. Here's one dude. Uh, on TikTok, talking about it, and he's he's just gotten out of the shower. He's got a robe on, thank goodness, or some kind of towel. But he's writing all this out, kind of like a beautiful mind. You remember Russell Crowe writing out on the yeah. glass? Well, this guy's doing this, and he's talking about, and he's writing out how how they figured out these pronouns. Listen to this, because, you know, you wonder how they come up with these. Now you'll know. So when I was still figuring out my gender, I was going by Zizem Zier pronouns because I didn't really want to be associated with any gendered pronouns. And this is they, them, there, but with the TH crossed out. But I just had a shower thought of, like, a new set of neo-pronouns. So, you've got she, her, hers, <laughs> and you've got he, him, his. So if you take those and you cancel out all the letters that the two words have in common with each other, you cross out an H, an E, an H, an H, and an S. You're left with S-E-R-E-R -E -E and I-M. Now if you take those letters, you can mix and match them and rearrange them so that you end up with a set of pronouns in which only the letters which don't have anything in common are your pronouns. So you could end up R-E-M. And you could end up with an R, I, S, and you're left with this E here. If you throw that here and add an R so it matches the rest of them, you can end up with a set of pronouns, re, rem, re, riz, where it has nothing in common with the traditional binary pronouns. So, if you're agender or non-binary and don't want anything in common with the gender binary anymore, re, rem, riz. See, it's... It's math. I don't do it, math. No, 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 it's not math. It's... It's literally made up. It's fantasy land. And and in any other on any other planet they would they would call this a mental illness. But we're indulging in it and supporting it. And and I, I mean it, Why it's, do you think we are? Well, I because I so I, I have a that's a that's a great question. I, I think we're in, indulging in it because we have a, we every generation that comes along that when if you have people that want to be revolutionary right they want to do something they want to make a difference mm -hmm. they want to make their mark on the world they look at the generation before them and they said what did they accomplish and they respect it so for example people my age I was born 1980 who did we look up to? I, and not me personally, but the, the, you know, the revolutionary types. They looked up to their parents. And what, did, what were those battles? Feminism? Mm -hmm. Vietnam? Yep. Okay. Um, you know, fighting the establishment, mm -hmm. all that. And so what was our big cause, my generation's big cause? I would say overall uh, gay rights. I, for, I forgot, obviously, civil, civil rights, yes. right? Yep. Rights for, for, for people, for minorities. Yep. My, our big fight, right, my generation's big fight was, was a righteous one, too, for gay rights. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, I'm, I, you know, it was a righteous fight. As the world has become more and more equitable, as the world has fought and won enough battles, mm -hmm. 
We have to, as a society, invent new battles to give new generations something to fight for. Yeah. And that's what this is. These are invented problems. These gender things all go away when Russia nukes us. They all go away. Nobody's going to be worried about gender pronouns. The minute that we don't have enough food to eat, the minute that real problems begin, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, none of this matters. To me, this is, these are invented obstacles. This entire list of BS words. Luxury rights. These are luxury gripes. Gripes, yeah. And, and these made-up words are designed to make any normal person, even if they desire to, to not make any offense, they are designed to trip us up, yeah. okay? They are designed us to make us fail, right? Yeah. And in that failure is an, aha, we got you. You are a, you know, you are a transphobe and now you need to repent and you need to go through re-education and you, and you need to, you know, uh, make you prostrate yourself in front of the PC gods. And I said that earlier, but adding some color to it. So I, I, to me, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there that are looking at all this going, why is this, why is this, I mean, God, I fear for my next generation. Our producer Macy here putting this all together uh, said, you know, wrote a note on here. She goes, I fear for my future kids. Yeah. And actually, it's the most real thing anyone can say and respond to all this, because what kind of issues are we going, is the next generation going to invent for itself? Mm-hmm. And that's why enough is enough, right? And, and I'm, I'm speaking out against this. I know a lot of other people are. It's comedy. The problem is, is it's not, it's not funny because, you know, lives life. are being, lives are being upended because of this stuff. Yeah. If you're in a corporation, some of you work for Amazon, you use the wrong gender, they're going to call you in HR, put it in your employee file, and, and you may even lose your job. Yeah, I'm hopeful that this is one of those scenarios where, you know, I always say life is a pendulum and it swings one way and it'll swing the other way. And hopefully we find a middle ground. And you and I, we see that in the legal world all the time. You know, it's pro justice reform, pro prosecution, and it gets too far. And then you'll see everything with police reform. And then there's too much anarchy on the streets and too much violence. So then it comes back. And so I'm hopeful that this is one of those luxury rights. It's a social issue that we're, we were sensitive to, and we're letting it go too far. And everyone's going to make the realization that we are over our skis as a society. And now we need to come back to center. So that's my hope, and I'm going to tell Macy that when I go back downstairs and say, I don't think this is going to be an issue for your future kids. I think we're going to right ourselves. And I'd like you to refer to me as Fawn from here on out. No, nope, Herm. I'm going Herm. <laughs> Sorry. Ash, it was great to see you. Thanks for coming in. I know you've got a lot of stuff to get out today, but thanks for uh, for being on air with us for a little bit, and uh, and I'll we'll see you again. Uh, maybe tomorrow or the day after. Always what's, fun. Yeah, what's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. We'll be back right after this. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. More news from the Twitter acquisition. People still freaking out. One of the stories that I'm particularly enjoying is Vijaya Gaddy. She's one of Twitter's top lawyers, considered to be the moral authority there for a number of years behind both the quash of the Hunter laptop story, also 
personally responsible for booting Trump off the platform. She was in tears the other day uh, discussing how their pet project of keeping Twitter safe is hanging by a thread. Of note, a number of conservative accounts, active conservative accounts, have noticed a huge uptick in followers. And people are saying, well, look, you know, Trump's already directing them to get, I mean, excuse me, Trump, I misspoke. Musk is directing them to, you know, change the algorithm and whatnot. Management, I'd like to point out, is still in place. All the existing people are still there. As I understand it, the deal is in an escrow period. So as far as operational control over the business, Musk is not in there yet. And what I what I think is going on, friends, is that the Twitter people internally are are saying, well, let's just show the world what it's like without the safeguards, without all the safety tools, and we'll show them how bad and terrible the world is. And guess what's happening? Twitter is on fire in a good way. It's exciting. It's fun to be there. Engagement is up. Users, new users are up. Returning users are up. A lot of metrics that matter that are fundamental to the valuation of the company are increasing. And so there's always this, well, there's two things, right? One, I, I, I think these people don't understand how lame they really are. They don't understand how wrong they really are. They... <laughs> <laughs> they're completely ideologically driven. And and by the way, Musk has made very clear, clear that if he's going to make Twitter a success, it's going to piss off the far left and the far right equally. He did get into what it meant to him uh, when he mentioned free speech being paramount to the new Twitter. And it comes down to the, and this is what he said, the legal definition of free speech. This is important, and I'll explain it to you as an attorney. Free speech, the, the, the first you know, amendment protection for free speech has to do with the government limiting your free speech. And basically, it's almost anything goes. There are certain limits, and you don't have to be a lawyer to figure out what they are. The old adage, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, and you can't publish child pornography, for example. There are certain limits but they are very, very limited. And so what's becoming clear to me now as we get some flesh on this, um, that, 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 that Musk, this really is going to be essentially a free speech platform as a true public square. And we've talked about what that means legally here on the program, that Twitter, in fact, and social media, the internet is the new public square, that it will be a place where people will have the same First Amendment protections that they would have if they were in front of City Hall on city, county, or federal, state, or federal property, all right? That's what's going on. Now, a lot of people are posting up little, I don't know, screen grabs of, 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 you know, of their phones showing that Elon Musk blocked them. Going, ah, free speech. I guess he doesn't like free speech. Listen, friends, you're free to say whatever it is you want to say. And I am free, and same with Elon Musk, we are free to not want to hear you. <laughs> That's, it's not free speech demanding that Elon Musk listen to you. 
he's not blocking you on the platform. He didn't remove you from the platform the way you would want him removed from the platform, the way you removed Donald Trump from the platform, the way you removed Alex Berenson from the platform. No, you're mad that he doesn't want to hear you on his personal account. That is fundamentally messed up. And finally, folks, on this Twitter deal, let me tell you something. Do not underestimate the power of the resistance. Do you all remember what it was, certain amount of jubilation, certainly from our side when Trump became president in 20, uh, 2017, the election in 2016, and the wise among us quickly pointed out, beware of the deep state, beware of all the federal employees that have said publicly, right? They were writing this on social media. They were giving interviews to the effect of, we are the resistance. Now, internally within Twitter, there will be a fifth column. There will be a resistance. There will be people who resist the the liberties that are uh, going to be pushed by Musk and his team. I've heard some mention of Musk intending to move headquarters to Miami, to Florida, and have a number of the employees work remote. I think the only way that Musk truly achieves this in the end is to get rid of everybody, right? He's going to have to just clean house. All of these Vijaya Gaddies, and I'm not making that up. I mean, I think that's how you pronounce their name, Vijaya Gaddy. I mean, all these people that are crying, that are in histrionics, that, that think that this is the worst thing, you, you can't operate that way. And I have enough experience in business where I can tell you that if you've got people that oppose you within a company you, you, and you, your objective is to move forward, you have to go with your vision. If it's your business, you have to, you have to go with your vision because it's your money on the line. And you don't have room to, to carry an entire peanut gallery with you. And you certainly don't have time to carry people along that are there to damage you and sabotage your effort. And I look back and people say, well, you know, Sam, you sometimes are pretty critical of Trump. And I, I say, sure, yeah, because there's things he failed to do along the way. I mean, he never cleaned house at the FBI. He never cleaned house at the Pentagon. You know, Mark Milley stayed there. All the, all the FBI cretins stayed there. He had the immense power of the presidency and did very little with it. And you can be, you know, you, you can be the biggest fan of the president, recognize that that it was, a, you know, an ultimately a failure in those four years. A lot of good things happened, uh, but certainly some failures. One good thing I will say is coming out is so delicious. The CEO of Boeing is crying tears over the deal that he made with Trump. Well, it's not him. It was his predecessor. But either way, that Boeing made with Trump over the new Air Force One program, Air Force One, of course, being the call sign of whatever airplane the president is in. So it can be any Air Force plane. It is Air Force One by virtue of the president sitting inside the airplane. Uh, the current fleet that the president uses, uh, there are two 747s and I think a couple of 757s that are used. Those are slightly smaller are used in airports where a Boeing 747, a jumbo jet cannot land. So there's a new uh, program that Trump uh, put in because the new current fleet of planes are getting quite long in the tooth. And so he uh, arranged for the purchase of a, uh, a few new airplanes 
two, in fact, 747 airliners. I think they're 747-800s. So they're the newest, greatest uh, planes. And one thing that he negotiated with the then CEO of Boeing is he said, here's the fixed price. The max that we are willing to pay is X. Well, Boeing has gone way over budget and now is crying tears that they are losing $660 million on this. So love Trump or hate Trump, this is textbook how our government should deal with every single account and every single supplier that they work with. Give us a bid. I mean, when you build your house or you get a bathroom remodel done, you don't say, well, just open, you know, whatever it takes, let's get it done. You say, here are the plans, here's the materials I want, here's what I want in the end, what's your bid? And your contractor comes back with you and says, this is my bid. That's how you buy a car, right? It's how you buy anything. You know why? Because we're all limited financially. And these contractors, these suppliers, Boeing and Raytheon, all these companies that mooch off the federal government, to be perfectly blunt, are used to idiots being in the Oval Office and dealing with this stuff and basically giving away the store. And um, and that's that's not what happened here. So Boeing is crying that they've lost $660 million because Trump ground them down and made them commit to a fixed number. I love that story. All right, folks, we back here tomorrow again, doing the same thing that we always do, having fun, getting through the world's issues and even some local things right here in Las Vegas. If you miss any portion of the show, please do not hesitate and go to, uh, what is it, Spotify, Apple Podcast, What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. Find us there and uh, subscribe. All right, we'll see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.